Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. Well, hopefully your Lent is going well praying, fasting, and above all, increased works of charity. As we move further and further into Lent, it's time, as we do from time to time, to check in with the rest of the church. This is sort of like here at Light of the East. It's kind of like the EWTN, Raymond O'Royal's answer to the world over. <laughs> and to help us with that is someone who gets around the world over, especially in the Eastern churches, one of our constant friends here, Jack Fingal. Jack, welcome to Light of the East once again. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever, Father Tom. Good to be with you again. How is your Lent going? Excellent, excellent. <laughs> uh, it's a happy time when we get to focus on spirituality and do things that we wouldn't perhaps do other times of the year. So, Yeah, it really is. That's well. why we call it, as I always say in our program here, we call it the bright sadness, the springtime of repentance. So it has like a kind of a both and, as always, in the Eastern spirituality. We we grow in, as you say, we grow more joyful because we're able to do things that bring us closer to the Lord, closest to our, our real self. We kind of strip away what is not our real self. We strip away those fallen passions, try to move beyond them and open ourselves to God, you know, to deeper prayer and fasting and above all charity. But as I mentioned, Jack, we're in the world over here today. So tell us what's happening in the world, especially the world of the Eastern Lung. Well, uh, in the fall, uh, I was on a very exciting trip, uh, a whirlwind trip of uh, three weeks in six countries, eight different flights. I don't know how many rental vans and <laughs> hotels and things we were in, but it was a, a little mini pilgrimage with a small group of Eastern Catholics and, and a couple of Roman Catholics who joined us that we went to London for a four-day period, four to five days, and then from London to Eastern Europe and spent uh, another 10 days in Hungary, Slovakia, and my favorite part of the world, Transcarpathia, Ukraine, <laughs> uh, the roots of the Carpathorusian Greek Catholic Church. It was uh, it was quite an experience, and the London part was particularly unique uh, in that it was the meeting of all the Eastern Catholic bishops of Europe. Hmm. 
They get together once a year in a different country, a different city, to get to know each other, to meet. And since communism fell in the eastern part of Europe, they're able to travel much more freely throughout Europe. And uh, there were some 40 bishops that all gathered for a three-day symposium uh, outside of London, hosted by the Ukrainian Catholic bishop there in London, uh, Bishop Liblachina. So there is a Byzantine Catholic community in London. Yes. Yes, uh, quite quite strong and vibrant. It's uh, actually growing quite substantially in the last 10 to 20 years because of recent immigration from Ukraine. And uh, their churches are full. And it was the celebration, coincidence with this symposium, of the 60th anniversary of the existence of the eparchy or the diocese of uh, the Ukrainian Catholics in London. <laughs> well, interesting. Now, they have their own cathedral? Yes, they do. Uh, cathedral of the Holy Family. It's about two blocks from the old United States Embassy, which was in the news recently that the U.S. is building a new embassy uh, in England. But the old embassy is uh, on what's called Grosvenor Square, very close to the main Oxford Street shopping district. And the Ukrainians uh, purchased this old Anglican church many, many years ago, decades really, and converted into a real Byzantine Catholic church with an icon screen and everything. So were you present for any of the meetings or talks and so on? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, two things. One was I was invited by Bishop Lib, the host bishop, to video record all of the talks that were given uh, in the symposium, and it was multilingual. The symposium itself was conducted in English, Italian, and Ukrainian. And they had simultaneous translations with the, the translators in the booths at the back of the hall. And the six speakers spoke those three languages. Two were in English, two were in Italian, and two in Ukrainian. So in addition to video recording the symposium lectures, I was also invited to be one of the six speakers. Oh. <laughs> uh, the theme of the symposium was kerygma. Uh, catechesis and mystagogy, and uh, uh, Bishop Lib asked me to talk about catechesis in the 21st century, hmm. was the theme of my talk, and I talked all about how the digital age provides the tools, the methods, the technologies for us to spread the gospel even wider than perhaps uh, ever in history. I get the impression, Jack, that our European brethren over there, even though they were suppressed under communism and so on like that, uh, they're actually very much on the ball when it comes to being open to cyberspace, social media, using it for the church, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. What I discovered is that a lot of things that I was presenting that I thought were going to be new and innovative uh, were things that they were already doing. Hmm. Um, the Slovak Greek Catholic Church, in fact, for instance, has a website where you can get the daily office and all your daily prayers already figured out in the Tipicon. You go in and you download and read it right off the website. The Hungarians, the Slovaks, and those in Transcarpathia have formed a conglomerate uh, online video channel Whoa. called Logos.tv, in which they all cooperate. There are live uh, video cameras in five or six cathedrals and a couple of shrines where you have 24-7 videos available for people to watch from, in fact, all over the world because it's all internet-based. Wow. That's incredible. So they have really, really almost leapfrogged ahead of us in the U.S., at least in terms of the church. And I think it's because they were suppressed for so long and fallen behind mm -hmm. under the oppression of communism that, that our church, in, in, for instance, in Ukraine was completely outlawed, uh, that, that 
they don't have a lot of the infrastructure in place, and everything they do is brand new, and so they're able to do things with new technology. That's fascinating. It's amazing. Uh, it's almost like the tortoise and the hare kind of thing, you know? Not a little that... bit, a little bit. And, and it was amazing, too, as I was observing all these bishops, and, and some of them brought priests with them. There might have been 60 or 70 people at this symposium. Almost every one of them had a smartphone. Oh. <laughs> now, were the talks given by the bishops? No. In fact, uh, the six speakers, only one was a bishop hmm. from uh, Ukraine. There was one priest. There were two lay women and myself. Oh. And it was interesting to note that of the six speakers, I was the only one without a doctorate. <laughs> so I was I was in very rarefied company. <laughs> well, so you were in London, and uh, where else now? Well, in London, as part of this symposium, when the formal talks finished, Bishop Lib had arranged that uh, there would be a divine liturgy of St. John Chrysostom that the Ukrainians and the Melkites and Ruthenians all, all follow. In Westminster Cathedral, hmm. which is the Catholic Cathedral of Central London and the main cathedral for all of Great Britain for the Roman Catholics, Cardinal Vincent Nichols is the head of the Roman Catholic Church of Great Britain, and he graciously gave permission for a Byzantine liturgy, a Ukrainian liturgy. They had a 100-voice choir, 40 wow. bishops concelebrating, at least 100 priests. There were a couple of thousand people in the cathedral. Uh, and Bishop Lib arranged with the cathedral overseers, uh, who never do this because they have certain restrictions with their own choir in terms of recordings, but uh, Bishop Lib arranged for me to do a video recording of that entire liturgy. Oh, wow. In, in, in um, Westminster Cathedral, and based on my conversations with them, we believe that might have been only the second or third time in history ever a Byzantine liturgy was held in that cathedral. I was going to say, and they probably was historic. It was, and it certainly was the first time so many bishops were together for such an wow. event, and the first time it was video recorded. You know, what you described sounded like those incredible descriptions in the books about uh, Hagia Sophia, liturgies of Hagia Sophia. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes, with so many bishops. Uh, huge choirs. And, and, and the <laughs> choir singing. Uh, it's interesting, the, the architecture of the cathedral, the choir loft is behind the altar, mm. opposite from the people in the, in the church. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, the sound and the music was wafting over the people from the front rather than the back of the cathedral, and it was absolutely just stunning to, to be a part of. And that, that uh, church worked well enough for our liturgy, huh? It did, it did. Uh, they put up a couple of icons mm -hmm. on either side. They used the main uh, chancel for all the priests and bishops. There was three or four steps up from the main nave. And they had a little difficulty because the high altar that they used was up against the wall, so they had to yeah. sort of process up and around on the steps that went to the choir loft when they did processions around the altar with the gospel book and so forth. But other than that, uh, it, it worked quite well for a hierarchical liturgy with uh, uh, Major Archbishop Sviatoslav Shevchuk as the main celebrant, oh. and Cardinal Nichols was the homilist. And now, is this available on video? It will be. I've just completed uh, editing the DVDs that we'll be making available here in the States through our website. Uh, but also, very excitedly, I just got word this past week that EW10 may be willing to broadcast it uh, over their uh, worldwide network. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Jack Fiegel on today's Byzantine version of The World Over. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. 
Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyal, your host. Our guest today is one of our consistent guests, great friend here of Light of the East, that is Jack Fiegel. And Jack, you represent, well, tell us what you represent in terms of your publications and so on. Well, I, I wear really two hats. One is chairman of the Oriental Illumin Foundation and annual conferences that does uh, Oriental Illumin television, hosts ecumenical events, pilgrimages to Europe and so forth. And then my other hat is um, as the publisher of Eastern Christian Publications, the Eastern Church's Journal, Eastern Christian Bulletin Service, and Theosis Magazine. And where can people find out about these things? All of the books and uh, text materials, including uh, electronic books, a few e-books, and uh, uh, electronic prayer services are at our website, ecpubs, or ecpubs.com. And the Oriental Lumen Conference and the videos and the ecumenical materials are at uh, the Foundation website, which is olfoundation.net. So that's olfoundation.net and ecpubs.com. Well, let's continue to travel with you across Europe, Jack. 
Yes. So after our, uh, I think, five days in London, our little group, there was eight of us, uh, traveled uh, to Budapest by plane and then rented a van there and drove up to the border to Ukraine to visit Ujarod, the home of the Byzantine Ruthenian Church. And we were there for the 70th anniversary of the martyrdom of our bishop, Bishop Blessed Theodore Romja, Mm -hmm. on October the 31st. We uh, had to leave the van in Hungary because uh, rental vans and vehicles you're, you can't take across the border mm. out of the European Union and into Ukraine. So transportation is a little complicated when you get in that part of the world. But the seminary was gracious to uh, send a van and a driver to come and, and meet us in Hungary at the uh, seminary of the Hungarian Greek Catholic Church and drove us across the border. We spent three days in Transcarpathia, including the day uh, for the anniversary of Blessed Romja in the cathedral. We spent a day visiting wooden churches up into the mountains, uh, a couple of shrines, met with uh, Bishop Milan Sashik, and uh, had a special privilege that uh, the one early morning we joined him and Bishop Neal, who came on the concert tour a couple of years ago, in their private chapel for divine liturgy in the morning. It was just the two bishops, their proto-deacon, a seminary uh, choir speaker, uh, singer, and, and myself, and our group. So it was uh, a great, great little uh, uh, trip. Uh, then after Ujrad, we crossed back into Hungary and uh, drove down to Mariupoch, the big Marian shrine there, uh, the wonder-working icon, and met with Archbishop Fulop Kochis, the Metropolitan Archbishop of the Hungarian Greek Catholic Church, and we had a divine liturgy with him and a little luncheon and visited the shrine. Then from Mariupoch, we drove up into Slovakia, spent three days over a weekend in Košice, attended liturgy at the cathedral, drove up around Preshov into the mountains to see wooden churches some more. We found a couple of villages of uh, the ancestors, the people that were on the trip with us, and then from Košice down to Budapest, went on the Danube River for a dinner cruise, then back to England overnight in Oxford, visit Windsor Cathedral, and then everyone else flew home, and I went on to other travels in Rome and Paris. Wow. (laughs) Well, Jack, tell me, what was your sense of the Eastern Catholic churches in Hungary and Ujerod and uh, Slovakia? Well, the first impression you get, I think, is the spiritual nature and the spiritual strength of the people. Mm-hmm. They are very prayerful. They're very dedicated to their church. They are very uh, pious in the way they worship, in the way they act and live. They, they truly live a Christian life. And I, I think that it's something that we here in America maybe had 100 years ago when our ancestors first came over. Mm-hmm. But through, you know, Western culture and so forth, we've, we've kind of lost a bit of that. So that's, that's the first thing. The second impression is that it's vibrant and growing. Mm. When we were in Ujrad at the uh, time of the Eucharistic prayer, what we in the East call the anaphora, when the priest and, and the bishops are at the altar consecrating the bread and wine, they invite all the children that are there up to the front of the church on what is called the Amvon or the Solea, right in front of the icon screen, and they formed a ring, and they chanted in Church Slavonic the holy, holy, holy as a small group of kids, swinging their arms back and forth like crazy. <laughs> it was almost like a, a nursery rhyme that they had memorized, but yet they were praying 
in the, in the front of the church. It was just absolutely marvelous to see. Really? <laughs> uh, and you see young people in small little chairs in front of churches almost everywhere you go. You, these small little, like like you see in kindergartens, yes. they have all these chairs up front. Oh, the yeah. kids come, and they sit very, very prayerful, amazingly attentive. And, you know, they're, they're, it's not that they're put on display, but they're given special seats so that yes. they can see everything that's going on right up front. Wow. Now, I understand that I keep hearing that the Byzantine Catholic Church in Hungary is doing very well. Yes, yes. Well, they all are. They've all exploded in, in the last 10 or 20 years since communism fell. The Greek Catholic Church in Hungary, in fact, was elevated by Rome to a metropolitan see last year, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now they have a metropolitan archbishop that is uh, named Hyderabad, but he actually lives in the chancery offices in a town called Nirigahaza. And then there's two other dioceses that uh, exist within uh, Hungary. The same thing has happened in Slovakia. Uh, when the Slovaks and the Czechs split up Czechoslovakia into two countries, uh, the Slovak side is, is where most of the Eastern Catholics are, the Greek Catholics. And so there's a metropolitan archbishop in Preshov with two other dioceses in Košice and Bratislava. And the church in Transcarpathia in Ukraine uh, is not yet a, an archbishop see, but it certainly is just as large as Slovakia. There must be, uh, I, I would guess, five or 600,000 faithful. Bishop Sashik has built 50 new churches in the last 15 years that he's been bishop. 50? My goodness gracious. Um, and, and the seminary is, both are, all three seminaries are full with a waiting list to get in hmm. because you know, people, you know, uh, the young men want to be priests and the people are very pious and it's just phenomenal to see the spiritual strength, the piety, and and the exuberance that they're having. Well, I'd love to hear more, but let's bring things back home, Jack. What are you up to back home? Well, what do we have to do back up? Well, of course, we have the Oriental Illumin Number no. 22 conference coming up in June, the 18th to the 21st here in Washington. And our theme this year will be Sister Churches, Fact or Fiction. Uh-huh. And we have, again, a stellar lineup of speakers the headliner will be Archbishop Job of Telmesos, who is the Orthodox co-chair of the official international dialogue who's uh, agreed to come from Geneva. He was here last year, and he's going to come again this year. Then, in addition to Oriental Illumin, uh, we've continued to publish books. Uh, we just uh, produced a new collection of ecumenical documents of the North American Dialogue and the International Dialogue called uh, Journey Toward Unity. We've published a book for Patriarch Gregorius, Patriarch Emeritus on Ecclesiology. We've just done a new book for uh, Lenten devotion for uh, sick, uh, the elderly, and the caregivers called Carrying Your Cross with Christ by Marianne Salis. We've also published a book of hers, uh, the third in her series of books dealing with coffee, The first was Java with Jesus, the second was called Cappuccino with Christ, and now the third one is called Latte with the Lord. We uh, we continue, of course, publish Sunday bulletins but um, and and Arthiosis magazine. But uh, in the last uh, few months, we've been working more at this electronic media mm-hmm. uh, and ways to get the gospel of Christ out to more and more people through uh, uh, electronic means. So. Uh, we've been having, we've been distributing uh, the daily office or the hours by email for the last five years, and last August we started also distributing on a daily basis uh, vespers uh, for the days of the week. 
with all the changeable parts already worked out, so all you got to do is open up the PDF file on your computer or your laptop and just pray. You don't have to have all the library books that come with praying the Byzantine office appropriately. And uh, uh, so that service has become quite popular. As of January 1st, we've uh, removed the subscription price and made it all for free hmm. uh, so that more and more people can pray. And we're up to, I think, four or 500 people getting the email subscription service. And then in the middle of January, so a few weeks ago, we converted a lot of that material into a smartphone app. Hmm. Apps are the, the wave of the future, as far as I can tell. Yes. Everyone has got one. Uh, you <laughs> see smartphone apps for everything from buying groceries to putting checks into your bank to, you know, doing whatever. Yes. Um, and so we released in the middle of January an app in the uh, Apple Store and on Google Play, so there's both an, an Apple version and an Android version. It's simply called ECPUBS, E-C-P-U-B-S, and it's free to download. And just recently, we went over the 500 installation mark. Wow. I think it's quite significant. Uh, and it includes installations all around the world. We have to be careful that we get prayers out in time, that we update every day. Yes. Uh, because we now have users in New Zealand and Japan and Hong oh, yeah, Kong that's and right. Romania wow. and throughout, throughout Europe as well as North America. And once again, before we leave, where can people access this? They just need to go to Google Play and search for EC Pubs. Simple enough. Well, thanks so much, Jack. We'll check in with you later. Thanks for being on the program. Have a blessed Lent. My pleasure. Happy Lent to you, too. And thank all of you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. EWTN's official YouTube channel. Just follow the link on our homepage at EWTN.com or go to YouTube.com slash EWTN. Watch EWTN's live shows or today's homily from the Daily Mass. Click the upload button to see our most recent clips. You can also find all of EWTN YouTube content by clicking the playlist button. It's all on the official EWTN YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash EWTN. Visit today. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road. 
Homer Glen, Illinois, or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.